Here we go. This is episode one of the brand new Get Fishing podcast. Get Fishing is the Angling Trust campaign to get more people fishing more often. The Angling Trust work in partnership with the Environment Agency and are funded from a fishing license income. Angling Direct are the exclusive retail partners of the Angling Trust Get Fishing campaign to get more people fishing more often. The Get Fishing podcast, what's it all about? Well, my name is Jimmy Willis. I'm the marketing manager of participation at the Angling Trust. Get Fishing run events alongside our partners all around England and we help people try fishing for the first time. A lot of the events I believe are free. You get supplied tackle, bait, an instructor, like everything is there so you can give fishing a go. In this podcast, where it's sort of aimed at new anglers, beginner anglers, maybe you're a returning angler, you haven't been for years, but if you're an existing angler, we welcome you with open arms as well. Everyone's welcome here at the Get Fishing podcast, and we're going to have different guests on different episodes. So first off, we're going to get him straight on. It's Dean Asprey. Now, Dean is the Partnership Development Manager for the South. Over the last couple of years since I've worked for the Angling Trust, me and Dean have worked very closely together. Dean's a brilliant bloke. Um, We're going to talk a little bit about Get Fishing, even more importantly about the new Get Fishing Awards. If you watched the one show a few weeks ago, we were on that talking about it. Uh, I love that. That was brilliant being on the one show. Um, But Dean is going to go over a bit more detail about what the Get Fishing Awards is. And then... This is what I'm really excited about. We're going to talk a bit about Dean and his fishing. Now, Dean has caught some monster fish, massive carp, catfish, pike. And in a lot of this podcast, it's going to be learning a little bit more about some of the people behind the Get Fishing campaign. And we're also, little sneak preview, we're going to try and get some celebrities on to talk about their fishing as well. But without further ado, let get Dean on right well what we're doing here is I've got to record um the zoom call while the sound's coming from there we've got a camera there camera there oh god I bet Corder don't have these problems um there he is hello (laughs) we've got a lot of seagull noise coming in this morning have you lovely it's a lovely day isn't it it is nice um but our south coast luxury angling trust studios aren't very soundproof Dean (laughs) (laughs) so dean get fishing let's quickly cover that i went to a couple of events near me when i first joined and it was they were free the ones that i went to a lot of them are free aren't they yeah the majority of events are free there are a few um events that you may have to pay for and that tends to be in the game angling sector actually so uh, fly fishing and that's normally because um, uh, you get to take home any, well, potentially you get to take home any fish that you might catch. So there's yeah. a cost to that to the um, deliverer. So there may be a small cost uh, there, but we're we're open and transparent about it across our uh, website, promoting the events. We will tell you within the promotion of that event if there is a small cost to pay. But wherever possible, uh, we want people to try angling for the first time um, as cheaply as possible. 
Um, I mean, the, the ones I went to was amazing because it was um, it was in East Sussex and it was at a place called, um, I think it was Badger Lake or Badgerwood Lake. And um, I saw three kids in half an hour catch their first fish. And yeah. it was like, and, and, and that's without exaggerating, that was in half an hour. It was a beautiful summer's day. And the parents didn't, you know, I don't think they'd ever been fishing before. They didn't know anything about fishing. But when you go to these events, the equipment was provided for free. There was a coach. There were several coaches there coaching you. There was free bait. Uh, It was literally a complete free day out. And uh, you could see when they were arriving, some of the parents and stuff, they were kind of a bit, uh, (laughs) I didn't really know what to expect, I guess, but as soon as they're sort of there and having to go, and when you see the kid catch a fish for the first time, it's like excitement. It it kind of brings back, um, like, how I felt, I guess, when I first started fishing. But you kind of forget that as you get older. You kind of, you know, we're, we're going to talk about later, Dean, like um, your carp fishing. We get obsessed with different types of fishing and yeah. goals and trying to catch a 50-pound carp. You forget about going right back to the start. What Why... You, you started fishing really and it was just so nice to see the kids faces and and i must admit i think the parents had just as good as a time as the kids as well <laughs> yeah definitely 100 percent agree with you there i mean that's probably if i'm honest the most rewarding part of this job to be able to see the faces of the children and the parents because the parents a lot of the time uh, what we try to do is uh, get the parents fishing alongside the children or grandparents or niece, nephew, whatever, just anyone that wants to come along and give it a go. We want to get them all fishing and uh, the look on all their faces when, because I don't think they're really expecting it, to be honest with you. And then when they, when it comes along, uh, sometimes you can have five, 10 minutes of inactivity and then suddenly the activity of catching a fish is such a buzz. And um, I still get it now from seeing other people catch fish. That's what I'm passionate about. Um, but the reason we get in his, historically, we may have delivered more to children. But it, uh, in recent years, certainly last two to three years, we've really concentrated on family delivery. And one of the main reasons for that is our research has showed us that without um, a family member adult taking these children fishing, then they just don't have the ability to get out the door and go to these venues. Unless, of course, they've got they're lucky enough to have something on their doorstep. So it is really key that the parent guardian of those children takes an interest as well. So that's why uh, we we target them now through these family fishing uh, get fishing in, a, in- uh, this year. Um, the get fishing awards was launched. Now, yep. um, Dean was sort of the main man behind launching this. I believe was it your idea initially, Dean? Are you claiming that one? I am claiming that one, yeah. Um, as you can imagine, uh, through lockdown, um, sadly, we've all had a bit more time on our hands. Um, but in, in some ways, it's been good for us because um, it's enabled us to get things to happen that we've always wanted to happen. Uh, but for whatever reason, time constraints, our normal job routines, etc., stopped us being able to do that sort of development side. I mean, including this podcast. I mean, well done to you, Jimmy, for getting this podcast up and running. I think it's fantastic to be able to put something like this together. You haven't um, heard it yet. <laughs> we've got the time for it at the moment because we're in lockdown. So uh, fantastic. But going back to the Get Fishing Awards, uh, yeah, I mean, for those of you that don't know, I've been uh, within the Angling Trust for, oh my word, nearly 11 years now. And in um, all that time, we've delivered mass participation events 
um, which are basically come along, have a go at fishing, which are a fantastic tool and initiative. And they get people trying fishing for the first time. But uh, on occasions, some of our events have been so big and we've had so many people. I mean, I can think of one event in Reading where we had over 250 people in a day come through. So as you'd imagine, it doesn't leave a lot of time to really explain to those participants how to go fishing. It's basically, here's a, here's a rod, have a go at fishing, try and catch a fish, uh, and then we move them on and we get another people in. But that's normally enough to plant the seed that they want to do it again. So I'm passionate about really making a difference. And so is the Get Fishing team. And um, we came up with the Get Fishing Awards, which is a little bit different. So what we how this works is it's a more progressive introduction to the sport. So somebody will come along to a club open day, let's say, uh, they'll fish uh, that club open day, they'll uh, hopefully fall in love with the sport and want to do more, and therefore they can go, uh, the club can run um, the Get Fishing Awards, which will be for a slightly smaller group of people, the, the, the sort of keenest people that came along to that participation day. And uh, they can they can do the awards. So the awards are um, split up as bronze, silver, and gold. Uh, so the bronze award is um, the new angler. So they're basically having a go for the first time. Um, what we do is we have sort of things that are achievable um, for these uh, people to to achieve the bronze award. And then the next award is the silver, which is new angler. And again, it gets a little bit more. Um, technical a little bit more about how to set the equipment up they're using and then the gold award is the angler award and as part of that award what we're doing is we're not only giving them the skills to be able to go fishing on their own but we're also talking about licensing what they need to go fishing on their own but that is the huge point there go fishing on their own or as a family because we want people to feel confident and feel like they've got the ability to be able to go fishing and we all know that fishing can be a little bit technical. There's a lot to it, like knot tying, how to put floats together, etc. And what we do through this progressive award structure is break all that down, make it nice and simple. And then when somebody leaves on the third session, they've got that skill set to be able to go fishing on their own or as a family on their own. And um, yeah, hopefully, you know, kick on from there, really. And that just gives them the fundamental basis of what they need to, to go on their own. So, the, the, I mean, the Get Fish Awards were launched uh, the, so this year. Obviously, there was the COVID situation. There was times when we could deliver small-scale uh, sort of uh, socially distanced events. I think we had, still had about 150 people go through with the Get Fish Awards. Yeah, it was uh, in funny sort of way. It was um, it was a great way to launch it during lockdown because we weren't overwhelmed with people wanting to do the courses. It allowed us to sort of pilot the courses quite well and find out any teething problems. Uh, but yeah, well, I mean, we've run them, um, there's been approximately 150 people go through. So we've run off the top of my head about 50 of these events nationwide. Um, and they've had, you know, groups of less than 10. And um, what we do is we socially distance them all when they turn up um, and make sure they stick into their family bubbles, etc. So they, it's all very carefully thought out from a COVID perspective. And I would say that um, any club, fishery, coach, etc. that wants more information on um uh, sort of covid rules for angling please go to our website where there is a covid 19 uh, angling hub um the the get fishing awards obviously i've been i mean i do a lot of the social media for the get fishing so i've seen all these pictures coming in of these all, all the kids on their certificates 
They look yeah. so happy, like yeah. so, so happy. And I love the idea of this because, as you say, all the events, people catching the first fish, brilliant. But what this is really making people into anglers, it's not just giving them more information. It's just yeah. it's setting into their into their soul, isn't it? it just getting that fishing sort of it just gets it all going. Um, yeah. I, I've seen a lot of the parents with the certificates as well. So it, the, can the parents go through it the same as the kids? Yeah, that's what we want. We want. I mean, it is aimed at kids, if I'm honest. But, I mean, we want the parents to do it as well. And, um, you know, the parents love to be able to do something uh, alongside their children. So angling is a brilliant sport for that. There aren't many sports that you can do with um somebody that's a lot younger than you or somebody that's a lot older than you or somebody with a disability um etc um angling is a, a fantastic sport it just unites everybody and you're all on the same playing field and although i'm i'm an angler that's been at it for 30 years there could still be an instance where somebody brand new to the sport comes and sits in the swim next door to me and goes and catches the biggest fish in the lake out of the uh, uh, fishing is just bad like that so it, it, there's something for everybody. And the, what we want to do is uh, give families the skills to be able to do fishing on their own so they can help one another out. Um, but, yeah, you're right. What we've done is we've um, created a bronze, silver, gold. Very achievable, and it's very easy to deliver. You don't need to be an angling coach to deliver these awards, which is the other thing. We've created it at a level uh, that's slightly below the technical aspect required for coaching. Uh, but at the same time, coaches are delivering this. They're using it as part of their coaching toolkit, if you like. Uh, but, yeah, talk to us. We've got a, um, a team of uh, Get Fishing Participation Officers. Contact me or my colleagues, and we have all the certificates, all the stickers that we will um, send to you free of charge um, to, to help boost your event. And we'll even help promote your events as well. So just talk to us about it, um, and we can get them up and registered on our Get Fishing web platform. Um, I, was just, I was just thinking in my head when um, I was asking if adults can go through it. I was, one thing since I started working with the Get Fishing campaign is something that I didn't expect is the amount of people that message me and, and um, comment on our videos of people getting back into fishing or trying yeah. fishing for the first time. And, and no word of a lie, last week, there was one guy who was 77, right? And wow. he started fishing. I'm not sure if he was coming back to fishing or brand new, but he's loving it. Um, yeah. So it's not just kids we're working with. We're, we're, I no, mean, you know, it's literally all ages are coming in. And obviously fishing's seen a massive boom in the last 12 months. Obviously we yeah. were, it was the first sport allowed back after the, well, what do we call it? Lockdown one now. Well, it's been so many yeah. lockdowns. I don't know where we are or what we're doing, but um there's such a great buzz about angling at the moment um, in the press as well. You're, you're seeing it on the TV, in the national news. Um, mm. If you're thinking about giving fishing a go, or maybe you've never thought about fishing, going fishing, but you just feel like you need to get outside more because I think there's, um, well, there must be millions of people thinking, God, when I can actually go outside again, we've got to make more of it. Um, if yeah. you've got kids as well, instead of going for a walk, it just give them it makes them want to do it. It makes them want to go outside and get off of their Netflix or your, your whatever you're watching and uh, your games. And Because we all spend too much time indoors now, including myself. You know, I spend too much time on all my various devices. Um, yeah. So, yeah, uh, anglingtrust.net forward slash get fishing. 
uh, come and give it a go. For um, our audio listeners, if you're listening to this podcast, as most people will, you will get a best bits video bit up on the Get Fishing YouTube. Um, just look for Get Fishing on YouTube. You can also find it on Instagram at Get Into Fishing and our Facebook page. And we're going to put a little best bits up of the video. You can see me. Um, I've got a new lockdown haircut and everything, especially for it, Dean. They're getting better. I'm the following. I'm following. <laughs> I think I'm receding, actually. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, it's a year ago my first lockdown haircut, I think. And we, I thought we'd be out of this situation by now, Dean. But um, I know. It's go. terrible, isn't it? Um, but so, Dean, how how did you get into fishing? Were you a youngster? Yeah, I reckon uh, I must have been about eight or nine. I think it was sort of later years of primary school. And um, I had a friend who, uh, I, well, I went knocking on his door because back then we didn't have mobile phones. He used to go knocking <laughs> on his door. And I said, oh, is, there, is my friend Matthew coming out to play? And they were like, oh, no, he's fishing with his brother down the local lake. And I was like, oh, that, that sounds interesting. So I you know, basically, we used to bike ride everywhere. And uh, um, I cycled down to this local lake, found him, and then um, had a, a bowl thrust into my hand within about 10 minutes and managed <laughs> to catch my first fish, which completely uh, wasn't expecting it. It was a completely off-the-cuff uh, moment to go and do. But that has set that one fish has set me on the path to where I am now in this career, the passion that I, you know, I love as a hobby, making more people into the sport. That one fish has just ignited everything. So what was I it? I reckon it was a perch. Was it a perch? Uh, no, it wasn't. It was a roach, actually. It was a roach. <laughs> but what I do want to say, I mean, I'm not in contact with him anymore, but my friend Matthew uh, and his brother Andy, uh, thank you so much for uh, getting me into the sport because it's led me to where I am now. So um, please take your brothers, sisters, family members fishing. If you're a keen angler, get them out there because it might just spark them out to, to go and give it a go and, and carry on like I've done. I, I remember my first fish that I remember, I was very young, but I think the first time I went fishing was um, with my dad. And I can't, it was on a little bit of river and I can't remember. I was so young, I could barely remember. But um, there's pictures, I've got pictures that my mum sent me of actually in the back garden with a fishing rod in a bucket. And yeah. do you know what I mean? So I was just obsessed with it. And I didn't, when I was, it was, I was um, doing some other work and my mum said about it and I didn't believe her. And she sent me the pictures. I was only three or four. And I'm sat in the garden with a, like a toy sort of rod thing in a bucket. And it's just like, so it must have been there so young and I didn't even know. And I, people ask me why it's there and i don't know i just think it's just there i mean there's absolutely no explanation of why i would be so obsessed with fishing no i don't know i think um there's certainly outdoorsy people and once once you um choose that life it's very difficult not to uh seek it out all the time and uh to the degree once i caught that fish i, my, I was just absolutely obsessed with fishing and um i remember uh going to the careers advisor at school and um you used to fill out this tick form about everything that you wanted to do. And uh, uh, on it, I, I think it was the ashes yourself or something, what you wanted to do. And I said, um, at the time, it was the National Rivers Authority, NRA. I said, I want to work for the NRA. And um, I had all sorts of weird connections back to me. There was join the army, um, factory jobs, et cetera. But uh, jobs like working in the NRA just weren't there. 
And I was actually told, sadly, by the career advisor to pursue another challenge. <laughs> and uh, not, not so, uh, I've kind of got the last laugh now, I think. But um, yeah, please do chase your dreams. And um, yeah, I mean, you could end up anywhere if you, re- if you really want it enough. You can get it. I, yeah. My career advisor, I never forget this. I don't think I was very ambitious when I was young. I didn't get on very well at school. And when I was 16, I thought, I don't want to go to college or do anything, really. And, all my friends worked down the local egg depot, Thames Valley Eggs. And when the career advice I was going to do, that's what I said. That was the big ambition. I was going to go and work down the local factory, which is what I did for a few. I didn't actually go to the egg depot. I couldn't get a job there. So I went to another factory down the road. But I had absolutely no ambitions to do anything. I didn't know what I wanted to do in life until I was older. Like, it's bizarre, isn't it, how, how I'm things I'm exactly change. the same, Jimmy. Exactly the same. I, I, I was um, 21 before I actually went to college. So, um, yeah, there was a few years between there. I was working in McDonald's. So, uh, Oh, yeah. I never knew that about you, Dean. You were in McDonald's. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, McDonald's. I also worked in a cake factory as well, like an Oompa Loompa for a, few, for a little while. So, uh, But, yeah, I've done it all, mate. Um, but, yeah. I never knew that. I can't believe you worked in McDonald's. Do you eat McDonald's now? No. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, McDonald's has left its mark around my waistline. But, um, no, I, don't, I, I try to stay away from McDonald's wherever I can now. Um, yeah, it's just so weird. Like, I knew one girl at school, and she, when she was about 12, she wanted to be a vet, and she had everything planned out, and that's what she'd done. Her whole life and everything was planned out. But I was a right mess until in my probably mid-20s. I had no idea. Everyone kept asking, what are you doing? You're not doing anything. What's your plan? And I just didn't know. And I think if you're young and you don't know, that's okay. It's okay not to know what you want to do. It will sort itself out if you're 21, 31, 41. I don't know. People become school teachers when they're 45 now. We live in a society where that's kind of possible. So there's a lot of pressure put on you when you get to about 16 that, yeah, you've got to make a decision now what you want to do forever. (laughs) Well, I'm a great illustration of that. I mean, I just... To quickly summarise, I mean, I came out of school with absolutely nothing. I think the best GCSE I had was a D. Mm. Uh, that's why I probably ended up in McDonald's, sadly, and then worked <laughs> in McDonald's for um, a couple of years and then found my... I'm a great believer in fate. Things happen for a reason. And um, I managed to work my way into an uh, aquatic shop and I worked there for a number of years. And then the hunger and desire to uh, sort myself out from an educational perspective happened. And... Then I found myself at Spa Shop starting on the lowest course possible, but then I was there five years and ended up with a degree. So, like I said at the beginning, if you want something enough and you're you have that mindset that you want to achieve it, just go out and give it a go, and you'll get there in the end. And just as I didn't even have a D, I don't think when I was school, I don't think I even <laughs> had a GCSE and a D. I didn't, and I wouldn't recommend this to any youngsters listening, but. Oh, yeah, I just struggled really bad at school. I lost interest. I didn't even turn up to half my exams. And I was absolutely. Well, I I might have done a little bit, but I I was probably, you know, classed as a troubled child or something. I was just out, you know, slightly out of control, didn't know what I was doing, and I was in the right mess. But I sorted stuff out as I got older. And when I was about 23, 24, I wanted to go and do music production, uh, a degree in that. And then. But obviously, I didn't have a single qualification. So I went and done like um, uh, I was level two sort of English and maths to, so I could. So with that, that took me a year and then I'm part time and then I could go into my college course. So even if it all goes a bit wrong and you don't have the qualifications 
that you require from your GCSEs and stuff, don't panic because no. there are other options. I mean, I know this, it's really stressful. I know it's really stressful, but on my route, I wouldn't recommend anyone because it's a lot harder. No. <laughs> but well, um, We're saying don't panic, but at the same time, please do take your GCSEs yeah. or whatever it is nowadays seriously because that is a quick way to get into college, university, etc. But yeah, don't panic if it all goes wrong. And they're, they're always, you can do them again. You can get... You know, you can go to college and start a slightly lower course and work your way through. And, uh, it, you know, I don't mind uh, saying this on here. Interestingly, I suffer from uh, dyslexia and I never actually found that out until I went to college. So uh, all that time at school where I was struggling to understand lessons, etc., nobody was picking it up. And it wasn't until I went to college that it got picked up. So there is more support out there now for kids. Um, and um, young adults, they'll pick this stuff up and, and the support is there if needed. But yeah, keep going. Keep going, people. Um, right, back to fishing. I was talking about my the first fish I actually remember catching was um, it was a perch from Coat Water in Swindon. Um, well, that's, a, that's a big water to, uh, that, to yeah. catch your first water. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I didn't mess about. I went in with hey, 180 didn't. acres or something. Yeah, I think it's as big as that, but it's a big water. Yeah. It's yeah, it's big... massive. It's a massive water reservoir. Um, if you're a carp angler, you would have heard of Coat Water because just about everyone's been there. Yeah. Um, interesting place it's very <laughs> you don't want to it's um it's very hard to get wow i don't know what the situation i've been there for 10 years but it used to be like a syndicate and used to but no one could ever get on it so you could only fish there in days and what you yeah. get is you get people from all over the country sleeping in the car park and then mm. getting there at first light going fishing but um yeah, there's some interesting characters in the area. But it's also say. public access, isn't it, Jimmy? So yeah. people can just wander around and you get all, you get all sorts going around there. Probably stuff we can't say on it. But, yeah, lots uh, of stuff yeah. we can't say. But yeah, it, yeah, so it's an interesting water. But it, obviously it was only about six, seven miles from my house and that's where it kind of... that's. And I remember catching a perch and it was just... It really got me. And it, later on in life, in my 20s, I was fishing there for, for the carp. But, um, yeah, there's some massive carp in there. Like, I used to yeah, see them all. It's just, like, absolute monster stuff that I had never really seen before. Um, but back to you, Dean. You sent me some pictures. So you, there's a lot of big carp here. So when did carp fishing become a thing for you? The moment I caught one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Um, you know, you know what it's like. You uh, you catch these roach, these perch, etc., and something that little bit bigger comes along. And um, my, I mean, my first carp. Uh, I don't mind telling you, it was from a place called the Sedges in uh, near Bridgewater, where which is near where I live now. And um, I caught it a feeder fishing, I think. And um, it was it was about three pounds, something like that. But which to me, at absolutely blew my mind I thought this is massive it's like a well and um, I was so absolutely thrilled with it I remember keeping it in the landing net running the whole way down the other end of the lake to drag the only other angler that was on on the fishing potato dragged him all the way back to my swim to take a photo of me with this uh, with this carp so uh, yeah it started from there and um, the, I mean I, don't get me wrong I, I love all, all types of fishing but for me, the stage I'm at in life at the moment is probably for the last 10 years, if I'm honest. Um, I just always want to catch that uh, the biggest fish in the lake. There's something about me that just wants that challenge of catching that uh, huge well that might be out there. So, uh, 
yeah, that's that's how it started. Was that what that one three pound uh, common that I caught from Stegies? It's a uh, carp fishing is an interesting thing because I'm when I was I don't know I was probably about 12, 13, We used to fish on the Kennet Navin Canal in Hunkerford. My dad used to take me down there, uh, the marsh section, and. Um, we used to just, you know, messing about with a whip, catching your bream and your roach and your perch. And one day, it's only that it was a narrow bit of water, but one day there was four or five massive carp on the other side. I saw them swimming up and down. And just then, I, I just looked and I thought, well, because if you're used to catching tiny little bream and stuff, and then you see these things over there, yeah. you know, 20 pounders, you just think, what is that? So I, what I had to do is work out kind of how to catch a carp. So... Um, I had to work out hair rigs and bits and bobs like this. And I remember going down, there was a fishing shop in Newbury in the town centre. And I went and had a chat with them and they sold me some um, strawberry boilers. I was obsessed with these strawberry boilers. And, Rich um, works, I expect. Yeah, probably. I, and I wouldn't have a clue, but it was, it was, <laughs> it was just like, uh, what is all this? This is a very different, to, you know, mm. the, the sort of fishing I was normally doing, but... We went there for about six months on this bit of canal. And what I, my dad had a bait runner, a Shimano bait runner. Um, and he lent me that. And an old rubbishy rod, wasn't even a cart rod. Um, and I fished. I, so I was fishing with my whip, you know, for the bream and stuff. And that was what I was doing. I just chucked the boilie out. And, and for about five or six months, I always had the cart rod out. Never, Nothing ever yeah. happened. Never saw the carp again. It was just there. And one day, messing about with my whip, you know, catching my skimmers, and the rod shoots across the bank. It gets caught on a reed, and it was somehow mm. terrible fish care. I mean, these days I would get, um, well, I don't know, you'd be told off quite severely, but you just didn't, I didn't know what I was doing back then. And it no. was all sort of tangled up, but I managed to get the rod, and I caught it. It was my first ever carp, and it was 15 and a half pounds. It's 15 wow, and a half pounds. Well, <laughs> not only did you start on a monstrous lake, your first carp was a double. That's so yeah. going, Jimmy. <laughs> yeah, I, I, and I just, bit, I mean, literally, I just used to forget the rod was out there. It'd been out there for months, yeah. and I, nothing could ever happen. And it was just one day, I guess I would, hadn't set the bait runner correctly the rods charged off luckily got all tangled up in the side so it didn't go in yeah. but it was i'm sure my dad must have helped me get it in i can't remember but i just remember seeing it on the on the bank and these carp hadn't been caught much i don't think from that canal there's i mean hmm. going back i don't know i was going to say about 30 years i suppose something like that but carp fishing wasn't like it is now carp fishing's a cool trendy thing to do now we've we're actually yeah. going to have some how to go carp fishing videos when we're, me and dean can get out and film them uh they'll be up on our youtube well, i channel, never catch but... any so i don't know if it's worth taking me or not but well, we're called <laughs> dean the bream in it <laughs> yeah <laughs> but, but well i mean so we'll get out and we're gonna show when we're yeah. talking about hair rigs we're talking about boilies you might not have any idea what we're talking about we will go yeah. through it in real in, in detail but yeah when when i was young and uh, dean's a similar age it just carp fishing isn't like what it is now. It wasn't cool. It wasn't trendy. There wasn't everyone wasn't doing it. I mean, I used to go to um, a lot of waters where there were massive carp in there, and you might yeah. see one or two people bivied up, and you wondered what on earth they were doing. But now you go to these waters, well, you, everyone's bivied up for weeks at a time, and it's just carp fishing's massive. Um, and yeah. I think it's just it's just obviously the size of the fish, but I don't know why. That moment I was talking about when I caught this 15 and a half pound cup, that it's kind of, I don't know what it just got me. And it's not yeah. just because they're bigger, I, because a catfish is bigger. I catch big catfish and I'm, I don't really like catfish. 
and I'm not obsessed with the fight. I think the the fight is just incredible off of them, and um, you know they really tug back. You just don't know how big that fish is on the end until you get up to near the net, which is a completely different scenario from a a roach, a perch, etc., which is um, you know a fairly short battle and is in the in the net. So yeah, I think I think it's that for me. Um, right, let's have a look. You sent some photos through. If you're watching this um, on YouTube, you can see the photos. If you're listening to the audio uh, of this, then we will try and explain the photos. The first one you sent through, um, a very young looking Dean. You sure that's you, Dean? <laughs> I'm not sure which photo it is. It was the one you WhatsApp. You said not your biggest, but the most special, and it's quite a dark-looking yeah. common carp. Um, yeah. What's the story behind that one? Okay, so I suppose the time was two thousand ish, two thousand two, two thousand one, something like that. I know I was at uh, college, uh, a Sparshot College, did my fishery degree, and. I had, I mean, I'd, I'd done some carp fishing locally in Somerset, but suddenly surrounded by uh, people from all different walks of life from different parts of the country at college. And I met a group of friends there, which we kicked off straight away, first day we met. Um, and they were a few levels above me, let's say, in the carp fishing um, side of things. They were fishing much bigger waters. And <laughs> I don't know how this happened, but they managed to talk me into, believe it or not, fishing Raysbury One, um, which is an absolute mecca and historic lake, if anybody uh, within the carp fishing scene will, will, will obviously have heard of Raysbury One. But sadly, the time when we joined was, uh, I think it was a few months after Mary had just, Mary was this big historic once British record uh, carp that was living in there, it passed away. And we joined uh, a couple of months after this had happened and I said to my friend, Luca was his name, and, and Oz, there's a shout out for them too. Um, they both joined at the same time. The tickets, there, there was never that many people on there anyway, because just to give people an idea, at the time, there was only maybe 20 to 40 fish in there at the tops. Um, and we're talking 120 acre gravel pit here. So in, in it's near in Spain's London. Um, so there was never that many people on it. Um, I felt completely out of my depth. <laughs> but the great thing about Luke and ours is they knew what they were doing um, and they supported me uh, every step of the way, really. And I learned it is so good to go with knowledgeable anglers that are a little bit above you because the, the amount that you learn off those people in such a short space of time, is it just really fires you up for the future. So, um, yeah, I, I went, I, we, we went um, fishing now. I mean, we didn't do a lot of time. I reckon um, Oz, Luke and I did a little bit more than Oz. And uh, Luke and I must have fished on there for, let's say, two months. So pretty much through the spring. I'm not saying contest consistently for two months, but on and off for two months. And then um, one <laughs> magical day, we were set up on a place called Bryant's Point. And out of the blue at 10.30 in the morning, my rod absolutely went into meltdown. <laughs> and um, I got into the boat. Uh, with Luke, uh, life jackets on, and uh, we uh, paddled out to this fish. And I just remember everything about this fight was just surreal. I, it was complete outer body experience. Um, I remember being afloat on this famous lake attached to one of the famous residents. 
um, and seeing it just weaving in and out of the uh, weed beds below. We managed to get it up, and I, I just would, <laughs> I would not let me believe it was a car. I kept saying to Luke, "Is it?" And then this <laughs> common came up, and it was uh, it was a common. Now, sadly, it, it wasn't one of the um, sort of known targeted fish that was on there. It was actually uh, what was termed as the raised stocky, which I believe this particular fish is still alive now believe it or not and is is one of the big ones that are in there now but um uh yeah it, it's it's phenomenal I mean, it wasn't it's not the biggest fish i've ever caught but for me it set me on my road to this large gravel pit catching the impossible uh really fired me up for i think in i think this fish was about 24 pounds luke my friend went on to catch one as well at pretty much the same time <laughs> And he did have one of the famous uh, mirrors from now, a fish called Free Scales, which had only been caught uh, about three times at the time. So between us, we went back to college because uh, everyone was taking a mick out of us at college, saying that we're all out of our depth fishing there, etc. We, we went back as heroes for the weekend because we both managed to catch a fish out of Raysbury on the weekend. So, yeah, for, for, uh, it's, a, it's a, a time in my life I will just never forget that moment. So, I mean, with the, 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 the carp fishing thing, dear listener, we will get out. Um, we've started with the basics, sort of with the whip fishing and the feeder fishing and the float fishing videos. I think you need to, do, you need to go through all that to learn the basics of fishing. Um, yeah. But we are going to get out and do some more exciting stuff this year. As you can probably tell, you know, how passionate Dean and myself are. It's, it's, um, once you start on that sort of journey, it, is, it all does become very magical. Um, and, yeah, yeah it, it's, it's going to be a good year. We've got a uh, picture of a pike you sent through. How big's this pike, Dean? Uh, that, that fish is uh, about four ounces under 30, believe it or not. Really, I've, I've, I've that's yeah, that's bigger than about five six pound bigger than that I've ever caught. But pike fishing, that's a thing um, that we we're supposed to be out now doing pike fishing videos, but it's a bit hard due to the lockdown. But mm. pike again, when I was a kid, they they intrigued me because they've got teeth and they're predators, and I was always fascinated with them. Um, yeah. We're, we're going to try and do some how to go pike fishing videos. I mean, I guess the first thing about pike fishing, I would probably suggest not to go on your own if you haven't been. I mean, if if possible, I would probably go with someone that has some experience or yeah. if you don't know many people that go fishing, possibly a local angling club, get in with someone like that because... They're, pike obviously have teeth and they're very sharp but the other thing is you're using sort of treble hooks so there's more hooks so that mm. can be a problem the, the the third and probably even most important thing is pike look big scary creatures but probably the most delicate fish um that there is in fresh water yeah, you just mm. have to be so so careful with them um so I, I would advise sort of going with someone that has some sort of knowledge. Uh, it's probably worth pointing out, Dean, as actually we've had something, uh, uh, well, as we're recording this, it was released this week on our Instagram. You've done your top 10 
pike fishing tips. So that's get at Get Into Fishing on Instagram. If you look at our highlighted stories, there's uh, a pike tips, and you'll be able to see there's about 50 stories in there. And Dean went out, actually caught a 14-pounder. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and there's some got some lovely little tips there. Um, but going back to this fish in this photo, so it's a big fish, just under 30. Yeah, I caught it on um, a float fish roach. And it was the only fish I caught that session, but I just knew it was using this part of the river. And, um, yeah, I managed to catch it. Is a roach one of your preferred baits then for pike fishing? Uh, yeah, I mean, firstly, I would say to any beginners out there, and that's very much what the story videos that you were talking about it is um, uh, aimed at beginner people to pike fish. It's just 10 beginner tips. Um, I would say the, the most important thing is to float fish for pike because if you leisure fish for pike, um, the chances are by the time it's uh, pulled the, uh, the line off the reel and uh, you've hit into that pike, the chances are you may have deep hooked that pike. And, you know, as a beginner, um, you don't want to see any deep hook pike. That is really difficult to deal with. Even as an experienced angler, we don't want to deep hook pike because you potentially damage them or kill them. So the first thing I say, the most important thing from a beginner's perspective is to either spin, uh, lure fish for them or uh, dead bait using a float. But from a bait perspective, yeah, I like to use um, whatever's naturally available to them. So if they're, um, if it's a river like this was, uh, roach um, was a good one. And you tend to see a lot of pike anglers using um, dead baits, uh, frozen sea baits like mackerel. And it's, mackerel, I'm not going to, you know, uh, boohoo, it's a fantastic bait and um, it's caught thousands of pike and it still will. But I'm sure as the pike get older, they have been caught a few times and I'm sure they're probably a bit more um, suspicious of a mackerel. And you could use many other things like herring, smelt, etc., which is just as oily. Uh, but a little bit different, and um, or something natural like a roach. Um, I mean, what I suppose what we should say. I mean, pike fishing. Uh, the pike fishing season sort of starts around the start of um, October, and then you sort of fish for them to sort of mid to the end of March. I mean, they're certainly at their biggest weights around February, and that's the time I'd yeah. always target them. Sort of January, February, March, they're at their biggest weights, and I would imagine in the summer that um, you've got a lot of quite skinny. Uh, pike by that point and that's probably why they wolf down the bait so much is they're just yeah. really hungry so. um i use i started using much smaller baits now for pike fish and what i've been messing about with little bits of bluey bluey is a bit like mackerel it's sort of a similar meat but a lot more oilier um, yeah. but little tiny chunks and it's just um i've always used massive baits i mean a pike will take a bait well half its size won't it yeah, I mean, um, check out some videos on YouTube. There's all sorts on there where uh, where a pike might have another pike stuck in its mouth. And, uh, you know, we can, they can really take some massive baits. But obviously what we're trying to do is catch the pike. And uh, what we want to do is give our hooking setup the best opportunity to, to strike into the pike. So, uh, you know, a, a moderately sized uh, piece of mackerel, half a piece of mackerel, half a piece of herring, something like that, nice and oily, nice and bloody, um i find does the job normally so um yeah um let's go back to carp fishing because the next pitch you sent me it looks to be of a massive common carp now um 
if you're for, for our audio listeners, um, I suppose the difference between a common and a mirror carp. Now, mirror are the nice sort of scaly, big scales on. There's so many varieties of a mirror carp. If you had to explain, Dean, about what is a mirror carp to someone that can't see it, it's the, yeah. the scales. I mean, some of them have just got a couple of scales. Some of them are fully scaled. Some of them are linear scales with one. Some of them yeah. haven't got any scales and they're leather. Um it, it, there's a lot of varieties of mirror carp, isn't there? Oh, certainly, yeah. I mean, you, I mean, you pretty much summed it up there, to be honest with you. But um, I would say that you could. It's certainly a lot easier to tell the difference between mirror carp, and that's why a lot of them get uh, names. These fish, because mm. uh, you know, you can have something like free scales that I was mentioned earlier. But believe it or not, it had free scales. That's why it was called free scales. <laughs> <laughs> and. Um, Common carp, although as you become uh, more experienced, you can tell the difference between between common carp and um, you, through certain you know minute scale patterns, they are a lot more challenging to tell the difference between a common carp. They all look pretty similar, um, so that is that's the main difference really. And a common carp um, is, it's, I would say, a more traditional kind of silverfish scales, isn't it? It's got sort of yeah. scales all over it. Um, right. And that is what we are looking at in Dean's picture. This is your biggest ever common. Yeah. Um, big old belly on it for a common, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It was a, it's, a, it's one hell of a fish. And um, again, at a time, it, it's quite recent now. It was in 2019, so only a couple of years ago. Um, there's so many things about that fish that just um, blows me away, really. I mean, firstly, um, I became a father in uh, 2018. So my fishing time has been a little bit more limited, uh, let's say, than uh, my previous years, but that's all I ever did. Um, so I've gone from uh, fishing every moment I can now to fit, you know, having this balance between work, family, and fishing, uh, but still there's this drive in me that still wants to catch the uncatchable. And, and that's precisely what one of these, this particular common is. It's from a, a lake in uh, near Reading. So it's two hours away from my house. Um, it's about, you hear people say it's 400 acres. I don't think it's quite that big. I think it's somewhere between 260 and 350 acres. It's a massive piece of water, nevertheless. Um, and there is, Again, something like 20 to 40 fish in there. It's a bit unknown. Um, and there's a couple of really big fish in there. One being a mirror, which I haven't caught yet, which is on my list, uh, which is anywhere between 55 and 60 pounds. So absolutely huge. And this common that I caught, um, this common has done actually done 55 pounds. Um, sadly, doesn't feel the right term to use here, but um, I caught it after it's spawn. So it was 40 six pound just under maybe um but the year later got caught pre-spawning and it was 55 pounds so it's a little just hurt a little bit but at the same time um you know for somebody like me who fishes uh, oh my word i must fish 12 to 14 hour sessions at times i, I drive two hours to the lake i i set up i fish overnight and then i'm packed away in the car by half nine ten o'clock on two hours back home again um you know that's the dedication you need uh as often as you can to get get stuff happening there and uh yes at times i think i'm absolutely mad it's never going to happen but then when it does happen the the feeling that you get from that is just absolutely incredible so i'd say to anybody out there that has a family life uh with kids i know it's difficult but 
um, you get out what you put in at the end of the day. So any spare time you get to get out on the bank, just just try to do it. I'm very lucky I've got a very reasonable wife. <laughs> Dean, the final picture we're going to look at that you sent was of a catfish with, um, it looks like Mick Brown, the Predator legend. It is indeed. It is indeed. That was back in uh, 2006, I think. And um, anybody that goes to college will know that you have to do work placements. Um, and I've got to be honest, uh, every time that I had a work placement, there was no way I was going to go working on a uh, trout farm or something like that. So I was looking for, uh, uh, let's say, a bit of a blag all the time and go somewhere um that's full of fun, adventure, etc. And um, lucky enough, I was offered the opportunity with a good friend of mine to go out to um, uh, the River Ebro and work with uh, Martin Walker from uh, Catfish Capers. Now, sadly, I heard recently uh, that Martin Walker is no longer with us. So um, my thoughts are with the family. But um, yeah, I mean, the, the opportunity that gave me and my friend uh, Andy was was absolutely fantastic, and um, yeah, what what it was we we started. It was only supposed to be a four week work placement, uh, but we ended up staying twelve weeks all in all um, wow. out there. So we stayed right away through the summer holiday as well, and we had uh, we were just um, basically guiding people uh, on a daily basis around the uh, River Ebro, and uh, Mick Brown was uh, um, one of my clients, if you like, um, where uh, we we supported him into. Uh, moving him around the Ebro area and um, putting his uh, rigs and bait out and stuff like that because it's all boat work. And, uh, yeah, the Fox team came out there as well. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was such a fun experience. And the, and the fish that you're looking at there, um, I, I've always had this thing where I wanted to catch a fish bigger than me, and uh, it's not it's not quite there. I'm not going to give away my weight. <laughs> but, but that fish there was uh, 160 pounds. Um, 160. Which, uh, yeah, phenomenal, phenomenal fish. Yeah. That is the spare. I had, I had a 62 pound one a few months. Wow, well, not October, which I was happy with. Um, yeah. You, what's your biggest one in the UK, Dean? Well, catfish, yeah. uh, not very big, about £45. Pounds, is it? Like I, mean, yeah. I, I, I Catfish is, a, is a something that you're going to do later on in your angling life, dear listener, but maybe we could have a look at that in the future as well because they are, when you see pictures of them, especially when you get what you get in this country and you think that can't live in a lake down the road here, um, bizarre no. looking things, they stink, don't they? They're very, very slimy. Yeah, they're difficult to grab hold of. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> they're a fairly old thing. But Dean, we are going to let you get on with your day. Thank you so much for your time. Um, no worries, I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we're going to get you back on um, in the future, and we're, 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 there's loads more stuff to get through. As as the the get fishing campaign develops, when we've got events starting up again, you can come on and talk about them. I also want bits in the podcast where. We're talking about upcoming events as well. Um, and I want organisers from the events on as well. And then there's going to be lots of stuff happening. At the moment, we're basically just sort of sat in our living room, um, but it will get more exciting. I'm even thinking about recording some stuff live from events with some videos, and that can kind of go into the podcast as well. So, yeah. um but at the moment, here we are, sat in the living room where we've been no for about a year. Can I just quickly say, if anybody wants any information on um, uh, events, etc., or, or getting into the sport, then please do just reach out to us. You know, you've got Jimmy there on social media that will answer any questions, or myself as the partnership development manager. My email is dean.asplin at anglingtrust.net. 
Um, and you can follow me on Instagram as well. So, uh, and my colleague James uh, Roach comes to the north. Uh, you'll find his contact details on the website as well. We, we, we're passionate about helping people get in contact with us and we will help you either get fishing or set up fishing events. It's funny, someone sent us a mess, a tweet the other day and um, they wanted to know some places to fish. So I had a look and sent them a few possible options and they got back to me and said, oh, I didn't think you were going to get back to us. I said, well, well, that's what we are. We're not just like this weird place where you can just sort of like watch a video and stuff. Literally, if you send us an Instagram message, a tweet, comment on a YouTube video, um, I'm on it all the time. And I do have a look. Sometimes I direct them up to Dean or James and to give some more information. But it's literally our job to help you get into fishing. So exactly, don't yeah. be scared. We're, I, I like to think we pride ourselves on being very, very approachable. Um, just just hit us up and we will point you in the right direction. Um, Dean, thank you for your time, buddy. No problem. That's a pleasure. Thank you. All right, buddy. I'll see you soon. There we go. The first guest on the Get Fishing podcast. I think it went, wow, I enjoyed it. It had all the bits and bobs that I wanted to get from it. A bit of information about Get Fishing, the new Get Fishing Awards, and then all these podcasts. It's really important we get behind the people involved with the Get Fishing campaign, the Angling Trust, and we're going to bring some celebrity guests in as well. I was a little bit worried uh, about this first podcast. Of course, I'm from a radio background, but I mean, I think it was 2018 I left talk radio. It's quite a long time ago. So um, I I think there were high expectations and I was sort of, I had to sort of warm up a bit, but I'm very happy with how it's all gone so far. So from the next episode, it looks like we're going to be introducing extra guests. We're going to have at least two guests on the next episode, possibly three. So the episodes will be getting longer. If you're listening to the audio version of this podcast, you can watch what's going on on the get fishing youtube channel get fishing tv just look for get fishing on youtube give us a cheeky little subscribe loads of good content coming out there over the coming months also in the next episode i can actually now tell you one of the guests it will be dr Emily Smith from the Anglin Trust. She is the environment manager. Um, I had a chat with her on the phone last week. I've never met her in person. Due to COVID-19, I've not met a lot of my uh, work colleagues from the Anglin Trust, but she's going to come on. We're going to talk a little bit um, about the Anglers Against Litter campaign from the Angling Trust, something that everyone can get involved with. There's actually information on that at the moment on anglingtrust.net. In actual fact, go and check out the Anglin Trust website. There's loads of stuff going on around the Anglin Trust, and we're going to bring some of that in to the get fishing podcast but yeah so emily's going to be brilliant the other guest i'm just waiting to work out uh who we're going to have on there's a queue of guests already lined up ready to go i tell you what emily what i'm going to ask her amongst other things but when you're a doctor like you know when you get your mail and that like your bank statements do you have doctor in front of your name wouldn't that be quite cool? Anyway, I promise I will also ask her some questions about her job as well. Right, so let's move on to Get Fishing News. Right, what is going on in the world of Get Fishing? Well, you probably heard at the start, 
Angling Direct are now the exclusive retail partners of the Get Fishing campaign. This is massive news for the Get Fishing campaign. It's massive. We've done bits and bobs with Angling Direct. You would have seen a number of videos released last year, all the how to go feeder fishing, how to go float fishing. They're all up on our Get Fishing YouTube channel now. Um, but this new partnership is massive for angling in this country. Basically, they're not just giving us some money and they're going to have their logo on some videos. It's so much more involved than that. Just to give you an example, one just one thing they're doing, they are training up a further 80, 80, 80 members of staff to become Angling Trust licensed qualified coaches. So when you go into an Angling Direct store, you are getting help and advice about getting into fishing or even if you're an existing angler from actual proper angling trust licensed qualified coaches and that's 80 of them that's a massive commitment um so do go and check out your local angling direct store oh they're brilliant when you go in and they're like supermarkets of everything that you could ever possibly want there's loads of other stuff we're going to be working on like promoting the mental and uh, health and general well-being benefits that angling can bring we're going to be working in partnership with them on that and of course most importantly this partnership we have with angling direct is we're going to basically overall what it's going to mean is we will encourage more people in this country to give fishing a go and that is what the angling trust get fishing campaign is all about so exciting this year and other get fishing news right this is a big one we now have a new website to find get fishing events spring into fishing is happening now we have this every year it's been slightly different this year because of covid but now we have hundreds in the last couple of weeks we've had hundreds of new get fishing events go up onto our new website which is at anglingtrust.net forward slash get fishing if you've never tried fishing and you have no experience whatsoever maybe until you're watching this you never even thought you wanted to try fishing come and give it a go because most of the events are free that includes free tackle free bait a free coach uh, a free environment agency fishing license if you need one so anglingtrust.net forward slash get fishing we will get you out having a go on your own we've also got all the get fishing awards uh, events they're all up on the website as well go and check it out have a look in your local area see what's going on uh, bear in mind in the coming weeks there will be hundreds more events going on as well so if there's nothing right in your area keep checking every day because there's loads of stuff going on there um but we would love to see you at an event i will be attending some events this year i'm going to take a camera in actual fact i'm going to try and film some videos and record some bits for this very podcast live from events when time allows of course i'm not going to be at every get fishing event because there's several on a daily basis so i don't expect that i'm going to be there waving at you when you arrive but i will be at some of them right while you're on the angling trust website 
just have a little look around. Have a look at some of the other stuff that's going on. We've got various campaigns running. We've got competitions. We've run some of the biggest competitions in the country. In fact, I believe the Angling Trust will run more fishing competitions than anyone else in the country, including massive events like Fishermania. Fishermania is what I used to watch when I was a kid on TV. If that, you know, if you're a little bit interested in that sort of stuff or just want to find out a bit more, go and check it out. But some the campaigns we're running which we're going to find out about on the next episode um there's loads of good stuff happening and loads of stuff you can get involved with as a family and maybe you could even consider becoming a member of the angling trust for a full paying adult it's only 29 quid it's not a lot and the the money just goes to such fantastic use so just go and have a look at our website and see some of the work that the Angling Trust do. Right, in the next episode as well, what we're going to do is we are going to introduce a listener's question part of the podcast. So myself and probably another guest will answer your questions about getting into fishing. What we'll do is put a little post out before we record the next podcast, and you can comment on the post, or you can just use the hashtag get fishing questions and you can do that on instagram twitter uh facebook hashtag get fishing questions and we will answer your questions and please remember get fishing is a safe place for you to ask questions there is not a question that is too stupid for example how do i tie on a hook how do you use a disgorger can I use a sea fishing rod for fishing in the local canal? There is no question. No, you can't use a sea fishing rod in a local canal is the answer. But if you want to know anything, hashtag get fishing questions. We will help you. Don't worry if the question sounds absolutely ridiculous. I was answering someone this morning on Twitter. Do I need wellies to go fishing? Do you know what I mean? Anything. And I tell you what. We might chuck in a few random questions as well, non-fishing related, when we announce the next guest. Or you could even ask me, I don't know, what does Dean Aspen like for breakfast? Let's have a few random ones chucked in just for fun. Don't forget, if you are going fishing in fresh water and you're age 13 or over, you will need a fishing license from the Environment Agency. If you're aged between 13 and 16, you need a junior license but they are free, so don't panic. If you're 17 or over, you will need to get yourself a full adult license. There are discounts available if you're an OAP or if you have a disability. All you need to do to purchase a fishing license is go to gov.uk and search for fishing license. It literally takes a couple of minutes. It's really simple. It is a legal requirement. If you have any questions regarding fishing licenses or anything else, hit us up on our Get Fishing social media pages. Um, Facebook, uh, just look for Get Fishing. Instagram, Get Into Fishing. Twitter, Get Into Fishing. YouTube, just search for um, Get Fishing on YouTube. And uh, we've got so much content coming out. We'll chuck that in the Get Fishing news as well. I'll let you into a little secret. Right, me and Dean Asplin have been out and we have filmed four videos at the beautiful Angler's Paradise in Devon. This is the first time you had heard about it. Um, Xenia, who is an Angling Trust ambassador, was there with us. We were kind of fishing in her back garden, pretty much. Some of the fish we caught 
I haven't even seen before. They are beautiful, stunning. I had a couple of bigger ones as well. I'm not going to give the game away, though, but we've got a three-part series coming out. And in all three of them videos, we will be using baits that you've probably got in your kitchen cupboard at home it's all baits you can buy from the supermarket the fourth video what we've done is we created a behind the scenes video with me and dean and it's come out brilliantly it's really good fun uh, and you kind of get to see what we're up to on our filming days um I like it. It's a nice feel to it. And I, I hope you guys do as well. And just to see what happens behind the scenes and how we film these things. You might be surprised how we, how we have to film these things. But come and subscribe to Get Fishing on YouTube. It would be much, much appreciated. Come and comment on the videos because I love to hear from you. I'm always on there getting back to people. Any other questions, hit us up, Instagram, Facebook. We're always here for you. Come and say hello. I'll be getting lonely at home in my office unless you come and speak with me. Right. That is all we've got time for from episode one of the Get Fishing podcast. Thank you for listening or watching. Don't forget to subscribe to us on your favorite audio podcast provider, and then it will automatically download your device when we release a new episode. Um, what days will the podcast be released? Well, we were going to go for... Uh, the last Friday of each month. There is times, though, when we want to get information to you quicker than that, which is what we're using this podcast for in parts is to get information to you as quick as possible. So we're not going to put exact dates on when they're going to be released. So make sure you do subscribe so you'll be the first to hear what we're up to. Gang, thank you very much. And we will be back very soon for another episode of the Get Fishing Podcast.